Line Podcast. Bottom Line Podcast presented by Anchor.fm, your home for sports and entertainment talk. I'm Jimmy Finizzi alongside you, Bill Piano. We hope you're doing well. As always, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. We truly, truly appreciate it. You already know what it is. Questions, opinions, Twitter and Instagram at Bottom Line WMCX. Twitter at the NVP Show. Instagram at NVPQB11. Hashtag Bottom Line Voice Message on Anchor, the app or Anchor.fm. And as always, Drop a like and a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss an episode and subscribe on all audio study platforms, include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. Neil, first of all, you know I got to ask, how's everything going with you? Everything is going swimmingly. Uh, This past weekend, I was able to get my first dosage of the vaccine, which is an exciting thing. My my brother and my uh, mother got their first vaccinations on Tuesday of this week, which is good. Uh, my dad got his first back in like early March. So he's going back for his second uh, next Monday. And then I go back the 8th of um, of April to get my second. And then the 12th will be for both. Uh, the 12th will be my mother. And then I think the 16th okay. is my brother. Not really sure. But it, it, I'm happy that I was able to get um, my family um, vaccinated. It didn't matter to me that much which one I which one I could get them. Um, just as long as I could get them vaccinated. But I'm doing well, keeping very busy with Devil's State of Mind, which is kind of like what I've been focusing on for the most part over the last couple of weeks, and it's been good, yes. making steady progress as we go along, and uh, yeah, just trying to better myself as a whole, as we still continue to, uh, so we're now well over a year into this, uh, this pandemic, but my my spirits are good. My spirits are very good. It it really is. It really is amazing that we're over a year of this thing. It really is. It really is amazing how far that we've, how far that we've come. We're, we're we're finally starting to make progress, which is tremendous, but no, I'm, I'm glad your spirits are high. I, I could definitely say, I could say the same thing. You know, my sister is actually coming home for Easter break next week. So that's, Definitely much needed in the family, considering what we've been going through. There's a lot of uh, a lot of personal stuff happening over the past uh, few months, but it'll definitely be be much needed. But other than that, though, I can't really uh, complain too much. It's a warm day outside New Jersey. Shore, warm, so yeah. Spring is here finally. No more snow, thank God. But well, I mean, in, to, the- uh... in theory, spring is here. I mean, in theory. <laughs> That's true. And hey, by the way, by the way, you mentioned the vaccine. Hopefully after this, so we can finally do episodes in person again really, really soon. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, not, yeah, we, not, it's, it's not like not not the fact that I'm not used to this. I've I've gotten so used to us doing it over Zoom for about a year, but it's like yeah, there's just something about doing episodes in person that's just like it gives off like the extra bit of energy. It's like, oh, I gotta do it in person again. So hopefully we can do that again real, real soon after this is over, yeah. but today, got quite a bit to discuss here involving free agency, specifically with the Jets and our team, the New York Giants. And in case you missed a certain announcement that I posted on social media this past week, we will get into that at the end of the episode, so stay tuned for that. But let's talk some football, shall we? And we're going to start with the New York Jets, because we got quite a bit to say about our New York Giants and our thoughts on how they they did 
in free agency. Let's start with the Jets first. I have an updated list here, courtesy of their website, NewYorkJets.com, on the free agents that they have so far. So they got wide receiver Corey Davis from the Tennessee Titans on a three-year contract worth $37.5 million. That includes $27 million guaranteed. They also got a linebacker, Jared Davis, a former Lions first-round pick, I should add. Uh, he, is, he signed with the Jets on a one-year contract for $7 million. Justin Hardy agreed to a three-year deal with the Jets. I'm not exactly sure what the full disclosure terms on the deal are. All I know is that it is a three-year contract for Justin Hardy. Uh, Keelan Cole, another wide receiver from the Jacksonville Jaguars, also to the Jets on a one-year contract with $5.5 million. Dan Feeney, former Charger now, he also signed with the Jets. Again, no uh, terms on the deal as far as I'm concerned right here as far as what I'm seeing, but they also got Dan Feeney. They also got LaMarcus Joyner, which was a big surprise to me. I didn't. I mm. almost forgot he was still in the league, to be mm. honest with you. Um, Sheldon Rankins, they also got a uh, two-year contract worth up to $17 million. Uh, Tevin Coleman also, which is also a very nice pickup, a one-year deal worth two million dollars so as you can tell by those signings the Jets are clearly trying to do everything they can to improve their offense which is a very very nice thing to see considering the fact that their offense was anemic last year very very anemic especially given the fact that look did Sam Donald play great no he did not there's absolutely no question about that and there's absolutely no question he has to be better we are not denying that whatsoever but there's also a lot of question as to what are they still going to do with him? Are they going to keep him? Are they going to use him as trade bait? Are they going to draft Zach Wilson with the second overall pick? Are they going to trade the second overall pick to get a haul for Sam Donald? We do not know. We do not know what's going to happen. Wait till the draft comes and then we'll see. The draft, I think, is the 29th of April through May 1st, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see what happens. It's a little over a month away. I can't, I can't believe the draft is a little over a month away already. I mean, where's where's the time going? It really yeah, is yeah. unbelievable. But Neil, clearly you can see that the Jets are actually trying to do something to improve their offense. Joe Douglas seems like he knows what he's doing. They're they're clearly trying to, if they're keeping Sam Darnold, they're clearly trying to give him weapons so that he can show that he can still be a great NFL quarterback. I personally think that he still can be a great NFL quarterback because he's shown it. But I've always, what, what have we always talked about? If you can't give him weapons, what is he going to do? What exactly is he going to do? Not to mention that he had a poor excuse for a head coach in Adam Gase. So that didn't help him at all either. But now that he has a head coach like Robert Sala, who clearly is a no-nonsense guy, I think Sam Darnold, if they decide to keep him, will start to show flashes now that he has a new head coach and that he has legitimate weapons. So yeah. bottom line for me is, I like what the Jets are doing. I really, really do. The question for me remains is, what are they going to do with Sam Donald? Because if they trade him away and draft Zach Wilson, then you're going to have a whole other plethora of questions. Not to say Zach Wilson isn't going to be great, because I think he will be on the NFL level. But I'm not going to go as far as make the comparisons everybody's trying to make him out to be like Brett Favre, like Tom Brady. I'm not going that far, because that's asinine. But look, bottom line is, if you're going to keep Sam Donald, great. He has weapons now. Let's see what he does. But I really like what the Jets are doing here. I really do. 
The Jets had a, I would say, an interesting, um, you know, free agency period. And I mean, it's not over by any any means because, you right. know, just because we we just started the new year doesn't mean that that, you know, the first couple of days is free agency and then that's it. I mean, there are guys that are going to be free agents up until we get to August when training camp begins. And there's still some pretty interesting names still available out there. So we do have to keep mm-hmm. our eye on as to what teams decide to do moving forward. But Whenever free agency starts, this is where, you know, it really starts with, you know, you're trying to improve your team right away before the draft. So then you can have a definitive idea as to what you want to do in your draft. And the thing with the Jets is that you have to remember, the Jets have almost 20 draft picks over the next two seasons. So clearly Joe Douglas has a boatload of opportunities to either draft some really good talent or he could use it to try to acquire a big name player that could make an impact right away. You look at the Jets going into this draft, they have two first round picks. They have a second round pick. They have two third round picks, one fourth round pick, and they also have two fifth round picks. They have several sixth round picks and they also have several seventh round picks. So they have a lot of picks that they can use to draft some players that, you know, the difference with obviously rookies in the NFL as opposed to other leagues is that usually they play right away, you know? And so I think that you're going to see that I've said it before that I think the smartest thing for the jets to do is to keep Sam Darnold because I still think he has the talent to be an upper echelon quarterback in this league. I think that if you look at the fact that he had Todd Bowles as his first head coach, he had Adam Gase as his second head coach, both guys that have no business being head coaches. Um, it just shows that Sam Darnold has never really been given a fair opportunity to really succeed when he has um, consistent pieces around him. Thank I think you. that some Thank people you. are surprised that the Jets ha- didn't go after a lot. Well, not to say they didn't go after big names, but they didn't make a lot of splashes. I mean, I would say Corey Davis is probably the biggest acquisition they made in this in this free agency period at the moment, they certainly needed another wide receiver without a doubt. I mean, they, they really needed to add some, they needed to add some talent on there, but they're, I mean, they do have an opportunity with the second overall pick. They could very well draft Jamar Chase or Devonte Smith um, with that pick, but they could also look down later on in the first round or even the second round. And you got guys like Rondell Moore, who has a over 45 uh, vertical inch leap, which is absolutely incredible. You have Rashad Bateman from um, from uh, Minnesota that could really um, that has the potential to be a really sneaky good wide receiver in the National Football League. So the Jets have options. Um, and I know that they were interested in Juju Smith Schuster, but I think judging by what Juju ended up doing, taking a one year deal, eight million from the Steelers, I don't think he ever really wanted to leave Pittsburgh. I think he was hoping that he could get a better deal from someone else. I don't know if the Jets ever made him a formal offer, uh, but if they I did... I don't think they did, no. But but maybe they just kind of assumed as well that they weren't going to get him. I thought maybe they would try to go get Kenny Galladay, but maybe mm. they thought that they were going to get outbid, um, which we ended up finding out that that was probably the case considering what Galladay ended up getting. But, you know, there are some moves that don't surprise me. Like they brought in Tevin Coleman. And he's a former 49er who obviously Robert Sala knows very well. They brought in um, Neptune, uh, Neptune native uh, Vinny Curry. Um, oh, yes. As, as a veteran to the defensive line. And Vinny Curry is still a pretty solid defensive 
defensive lineman. He's obviously not, you know, a guy that's going to get you 10, 15 sacks a season, but he's going to be somebody that could really do well, especially as a run stopper. And I, and, and that's important. The one guy I don't think you mentioned was the fact that the Jets were trying to um, keep long-term Marcus May, who was arguably yes, yes. the Jets' best player overall last season and has been really consistent. Um, yeah, he, he he just he just got a uh, franchise check. Franchise he tag. got yeah he saw he got okay. franchise tag and he signed a one-year tender um okay. earlier this okay. week he didn't really want to sign it um i think that he was hoping that maybe the jets would would move him but i guess you know cooler heads prevail if you want to say so he'll be playing <laughs> on a one-year tender um for this season and you know hopefully he can help solidify this defense especially with a new coaching staff coming in uh they can go from there but i think the reason and I don't think Jets fans should be worried about the, that the Jets didn't make a lot of big moves in the offseason so far. I think that they should look at the draft and say that's where they're going to make their that's where they're going to make their damage. Um, you could win or you could lose or keep your job as a general manager by how you do in the draft. Um, I think long term, that's what ended up costing Jerry Reese in New York um, his job because of the fact that he really struggled with drafting. So there's going to be there's going to be some pressure, especially when you're second overall pick. And like you mentioned, there's a multitude of different ways they could go. They could draft the quarterback. They could draft an offensive lineman like Penny Sowell uh, from Oregon uh, to help solidify the offensive line. They could draft Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith to kind of get like a young number one possible wide receiver. Um, they could trade down and get a boatload of other picks. That's a very good possibility as well. Right. I don't think the Jets will end up moving that pick. I think that they will take a player. I just don't think that they'll end up taking a quarterback. I think that the reason you're hearing all this hype or, you know, even more hype about Zach Wilson is that I think the Jets are trying to see if they can get somebody to panic who needs a quarterback as well to give them a lot. I mean, and I'm talking about maybe like two first round picks, maybe a second, uh, a really a boatload of draft compensation for that second overall pick because you know how valuable a, a pick in the top three can be. But I think Joe Douglas has done a solid job. I think instead of going after big names, he's gone after positional needs. And I think he will continue to go after positional needs going into this. And remember, this is now really his first opportunity to, to showcase what he can do as a general manager. Yes. Because he no longer has to worry about Adam Gase. You know, with obviously the friendship that he has with Adam Gase and the fact that Gase hired Joe Douglas. Now he can focus on being a general manager and doing and trying to invite, you know, create the vision that he has for this New York Jets football team. So it's been a solid offseason. Um, I expect the Jets to continue to try to make this team better, especially in the draft and try to fill positional needs. And they're going to try to give Sam Donald um, the best opportunity, at least right now, that he's at, he's ever had uh, in his young career. Oh, one one hundred percent with you. And look, that's if they're going to keep him, which I'm in full agreement that they should, because now that you have all now that you have this help, you don't have to go out there and get a big time wide receiver. Corey, not to say Corey Davis is no scrub. Corey Davis right. is a great receiver. So that could definitely help Sam Donald out a ton. But now that you have all this help for him, what is Sam Donald going to do about it? If he still doesn't show anything with these weapons, then we're having a whole different discussion here. But yeah. let's see what happens during the season. But the bottom line is, Neil and I love what the Jets are doing. Joe Douglas is really going to be able to showcase what he truly can do in the draft. Again, the draft is April 29th through May 1st. So let's see what the Jets do 
during then. Again, free agency is not over for them by any stretch, but we shall right. see what happens with that. So now let's transition over to our team, the New York football giants. As they got quite uh, quite the haul in free agency so far. I got to say, they, they got a couple of uh, key names that I wasn't expecting, to be honest with you. Well, first of all, they re-signed Leonard Williams, which they had to do. He had a tremendous year last year. They re-signed him to a three-year contract after initially franchise tagging him, I might add. But right. They were able to work out a three-year contract, which was nice. They had to do that. So good on Leonard Williams. Hopefully he keeps up his success. They got Kenny Galladay. Now, some people are saying, I know you, I know you and I were talking a little bit about this off the air, and you were probably you were saying it's a little bit of an overpay. I do agree with that. What was it like a four-year contract, like seventy-seven million dollars for Kenny Galladay? Yeah, for Kenny Galladay. Um, I it was, like a, it was a four-year I, I contract. Mean, I know that. I think when you look at the situation with Kenny Galladay and the fact that he wasn't getting a lot of crazy money offers from other teams, um, right. I think that I expected the Giants to get Galladay, but at a fourteen, fifteen million dollar range. Yes. Um, for them to still give him what he basically looked, what he's looking for, and basically a little bit more than what the Lions originally offered him. I mean, they did offer him $18 million per year, but I think it, I think it was clear that Galladay just didn't want to be in Detroit anymore. Otherwise, he would have signed that deal already. But right. I, I was a little, I'm a little skeptical about it because obviously he he did get hurt last year. But the thing is, is that he that was the first time he had gotten hurt in his career it wasn't like it so for anybody that's saying he's injury prone that's not really the case he would be injury prone if this is like the second or third or fourth injury he's had in his career that would make you wonder okay is this guy going to be durable is this guy somebody that we can rely on um but the giants needed to go out and get kenny galladay they needed a number one wide receiver and they they weren't looking for a guy that puts up, I mean, he puts up really good numbers, but the thing that really stands out to me is that he is really good at going out and getting 50, 50 balls. He goes out and he's aggressive making plays. He, he comes down with the ball with two hands. He's not a flashy wide receiver. He's a a dependable wide receiver that if you could put the ball up in a one-on-one situation, three out of four times, he's probably going to end up making the play, which Mm -hmm. is something that Daniel Jones has really needed since yes. he got to New York, that, that number one wide receiver. And I mean, yep. you know, obviously we did have Odell, but <clears throat> the Giants ended up moving on from him. Uh, so they clearly, ever since that point, needed to get a number one wide receiver, and they did that. And I yep. think and I think also one of the reasons the Giants went and did this was because I think that they may not be confident that they could get a wide receiver at number 11. It, I personally think that, you know, Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith is going to be there at 11, considering the amount of teams that will be needing and drafting a quarterback in the first 10 picks. I think that there will be a wide receiver there. Um, I think that the Giants don't need now to get a wide receiver with the 11th pick. I think unless it's Devontae Smith, like if he's there at 11, you take him. If not, yeah, jump, go jump down on a different it immediately. Be, well, go down and go down a different road. You know, go get a defensive lineman. Go get an offensive right. lineman. Go and, and again, I mentioned I mentioned these other wide receivers when we talk about the Jets, Bateman, Rondell Moore. Both of those guys are projected to be late first, second round picks. The Giants could go and get them in the second round. There was nothing saying that they can't. And I would really like to see that if you wanted to go that way. Now, 
there are just so many different aspects. But when you look at what the Giants have done this offseason, you know, they, they went out and they re-signed Leonard Williams. Had to do yes. that. Totally fine with the contract. Well, I, I, not let, a let, let, let me cut you off for a minute. I apologize. I was actually just about to get into the the rest of the, uh, well, a couple of the key signings that I should add. I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Again, I'm sorry. But they also got a quarterback by the name of Adore Jackson from the Titans. Great signing. They needed another quarterback. I love that signing. They also got Kyle Rudolph from the Vikings, a tight end. I like it. Finally, finally a tight end who doesn't have butterfingers. I'm talking to you, Evan Ingram. I don't know why you're still on this team. But Kyle Rudolph is definitely an interesting signing. I did not expect that, to be honest, but that's a – that's an interesting signing, I, but he'll definitely be a lot better than Evan Ingram because at least he can catch a football. Uh, they also got John Ross. Now, look, John Ross, I like him. I do. I do question his health because he is known to be injury prone, but I do like him. When he's healthy, he's on top of his game. So I'm really, really hoping that John Ross can stay healthy this year and provide a, another option for Daniel Jones to throw the ball to because that if Daniel Jones Jones's receivers can stay healthy I think the Giants can do some things offensively now I'll, I'll get to Daniel Jones in a little bit because I, I I've got some thoughts on him because honestly my patience is running thin but I'll get to that in a little bit but they got John Ross um who else they got here I'm trying to pull up uh Devontae Booker from the Raiders which was another surprise. I don't, I don't know why they bothered getting Devontae Booker. Look, Devontae Booker's not a scrub, but no, did you, he really, is. Did, no, did he you is. really need another running back? I mean, he's, he's one, not. Say, he's say not, not that coming back. And by doing this, that basically tells me that Wayne Goldman is not coming back, which I don't know why, but because Wayne Goldman surprised me last year. Wayne Goldman was really, really good in Barkley's absence. But now that Barkley's coming back, I, 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 I don't know, man. Devontae Booker is a very questionable sign to me. Not to say, yeah, I, I don't know. But the questionable one to me, more so than Devontae Booker, was Mike Glennon. Really? Okay. Mike Glennon. Out of, out, of everybody, out of everybody you could have gotten to be another backup, Mike Glennon? I mean, he's okay. He's, he's nothing special, but he's okay. But... I, I don't know. So a couple of these were very, very questionable by Dave Gettleman. Now, I'm on my last legs with Dick, with Dave Gettleman. I mean, everybody knows how we feel about him. He should have been fired a long, long I time I want ago. no David Gettleman slander until the draft. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, no, no, I'm no. very that, happy fair, with what fair. he's done this offseason. I don't – I, I, I'm not going to say anything negative about Gettleman until the draft. All right, all right. No, and then we'll go from there. No, that's, that, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But here's the thing now. Now that the Giants got who they got in free agency so far, again, it's not over by any stretch. We'll see what happens. But now that they have their number one wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, they have John Ross, or they have Kyle Rudolph, now that Daniel Jones has weapons, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Jones? I'm calling you out this year because, honest to God, I'm I'm on I'm on thin ice with you because now that you have these weapons, yeah. if you don't show something, you're out. You're out. I'm sorry. Look, yeah. Neil, you've yeah. known me long enough to know that I have defended Daniel Jones ever since he first got into the National Football League. Daniel you know, Jones, you've apologies. known me long enough to know that. 
I know how you feel about him. But yeah. honest to God, now that he's going into his third year in the NFL. Yes. Third already? Wow. Yep, third year. Wow, it's been three. Wow. Yes. He is a turnover machine. It needs to be fixed. And, not and, if, it doesn't, and if it doesn't get fixed this year with the yeah. weapons that he has and with the coaching staff that he has, and I'm a believer in Joe Judge and his coaching staff. I love what they've done so far. How can but you not? If this, if this does not get fixed this year with what they've done and what they will continue to do in the draft, hopefully good things, if nothing changes, I want Daniel Jones out. I'm sorry. I, I'm on my last legs with him. But this is yeah. the year. This is the year for Daniel Jones to prove that he can do something. This is it. If he doesn't, he's gone. I want him out. Yeah. But bottom line is, do I like what the Giants did? Yes, so far, I do. But, again, the main focal point for me is that now that they did what they did so far, Daniel Jones, I'm calling you out, man. What are you going to do? Go ahead, Neil. I give the Giants a B plus for what they've done. That's fair. Um, that's fair. And I mean, that's just be- and that's not because I don't think that they could have done more. Um, I just think that, you know, you do, you know, the free agency, the offseason as a whole, like the grade could change depending on what they do in the draft. And we know right. that the Giants don't have a lot of, you know, draft picks. They have a first round pick, a second, a third, a fourth. They have two six round picks, and that's a, and that's it. They only mm-hmm. and they don't have a fifth or seventh round pick. Now, that's why the interesting thing about the Giants being at pick number 11 is that it could be a place where some team may want to, you know, basically um, trade down. The thing is, is that with Gettleman, he doesn't trade down really at all. Mm. He sticks with like he sticks with the pick. So I would imagine the Giants are going to take somebody at pick number 11. But Mm. what David Gettleman has done in this free agency period that he's been in is that he has completely changed how the giants can jump into this draft. I think yes. before free agency, we were wondering, okay, are the giants going to go wide receiver? Are they going to go defensive, defensive end? Um, are they going to go, you know, offensive, offensive lineman? I mean, like a trick, like what are they going to do now? To me, the possibilities are endless and in a good yeah. way. There are yeah, a I, lot I, of I was also going to, I was also going to bring up, I don't mean to cut you off again, Neil. I'm sorry, but somebody like, if, if somebody like uh, Kyle Pitts ends up in their lap at number 11, I, I, I don't see why. I don't see why they couldn't take him. I, I think, I think be, now I think that they – I think now that the Giants got uh, Kyle Rudolph, I think that kind of eliminates Kyle Pitts. Unless, because The only way I could see the Giants going after Pitts – well, first of all, there's a chance that Pitts might not be there at 11 anyway. So let's keep right, that in mind. Right. Number two, if the Giants do want to draft Pitts, they are going to immediately trade away Evan Ingram. I mean, there's yes. no question about it. Um, because and then they'll make Kyle Rudolph the starter, and then Kyle Pitts will will follow. Um, right. I think that the Giants still have hope in Evan Ingram that he can turn it around. I think one of the reasons they brought in Kyle Rudolph was well, there's two reasons the way I look at it. Number one is that they wanted to give Evan Ingram some competition to motivate him because they want to see him succeed, mm. and also they know that they can trust Kyle Rudolph because he has not dropped a pass in I think two seasons. Like he's been right. really, really good. He is a really dependable tight end. He's not he he he's not the guy that you're going to look at and be like he's going to be one of the top, you know, top five tight ends in the league. Uh, but he's a guy that he could be very very reliable for Daniel Jones this season. But Kyle Pitts would be a, a really really awesome uh, selection if he's there and if the Giants do want to take him. Right. Um. 
But let's kind of look through some of the, the main signings. So Kenny Galladay, obviously, they had to get a number one wide receiver for Daniel yep. Jones. There's no question about it. And when you saw that he was not franchise tagged and some of the other guys like Al Robinson was, you said, okay, clearly Kenny Galladay is going to be number one, is going to be the top wide receiver in this free agency period. There's no question about it. You know, they said, oh, what about Juju? And I said, Juju's kind of like in and out. Like one minute, he might be there. The next minute, I don't know. And that was kind of what we ended up seeing. He ended up going back to the Steelers. Um, but then, you know, with, Gall- with Galladay, you know, he – he really, it, it was clearly obvious that he wanted to be a giant. Like it was very obvious he wanted to be in New York. Yep. Um, and the Giants did everything. I mean, they kept him overnight and they continued to do everything they could and they got it done. And even though it is somewhat of an overpayment, I think you have to do that. And look, in free agency, you're going to overpay for players. You're going to overpay for talent because you yep. want to get those guys. Look at yep. the look at the New England Patriots. They paid a lot of money to bring mm. in some really good guys. Judon, yeah, Bill, Hunter Bill, Henry. Bill, Bill Belichick's clearly sending a message this year. They he gave, doesn't want to miss the playoffs again. They gave Cam Newton more money this year than they gave him last year. Yep. And, no, and, and like he didn't have a great season by any means no, last year. No. But I think you know, with Cam Newton having some more weapons now, I think it will help him. But going back to the Giants, they needed a number one wide receiver, and they saw an opportunity to get Galladay. It was clearly obvious Galladay wanted to be a Giant, and it was just a matter of when were they going to get it done. And, you know, Cincinnati made a push. The Baltimore Ravens made a push. There were some teams that were trying to get in there, but Galladay just wanted to be a Giant, and the Giants got it done, and that was and that was really huge. And then you look at a Dory Jackson. It was a shock that the not only did the Titans like just bait, they didn't trade it. They just cut them. I mean, they basically yeah, released was, them. And, they did, and, began, and look, we have a flat salary cap right now. And it's a difficult thing for a lot of teams to figure out. I mean, hell the giants have to do a lot of different things even now to make sure that all the money fits the books. So I'm sure they're going to have to restructure guys like Bradbury and Blake Martinez and guys like that. And I'm sure that right. they will do that. I'm sure it won't be a problem at all for these guys. Um, but when Adoree Jackson became a free agent, the rumors immediately jumped out that the Giants were going to be one of the teams very interested because Adoree Jackson has connections with the Giants, particularly with Logan Ryan, who mm. when Adoree Jackson said that Logan Ryan was a mentor when he first came into the National Football League, that made it easy. And what did the Giants do? They called Logan Ryan, who was in Florida, flew him to New York, and they had dinner together. And, you know, Logan Ryan and Dory Jackson had dinner together. What happens? Next day, he's a giant. Yep. And you can look at the three-year contract for Dory Jackson and say that's somewhat of an overpayment because he's also had some injuries in his career. But you know what makes him really interesting? He is a versatile player. He's a Swiss Army knife. Not only can yep. this guy play defense, he can play special teams. He can return kicks, return punts. I mean, he did also play wide receiver at USC. So I'm not saying you're going to make him a wide receiver, but I'm yeah, saying pe- pe- people tend to forget that he has the ability to do a lot of different things. And Joe judge loves that. He absolutely loves that. And that's why they went and got him. So when you look at those two signings, they got two of the most rec- most uh, desirable players in free agency and Kenny Galladay, number one wide receiver and Adore Jackson, who was a surprise. Yeah. And I know Jackson had a, had a meeting with the Philadelphia Eagles, but you know, luckily he chose not to take that meeting because I think if he had left and gone to Philly, the Giants were going to lose him. Oh, yeah. um, 
you know, and then you look at let's let's talk about Mike Lennon for a second here, because this is a very interesting situation. I think Mike Lennon is a slight upgrade from from Colt McCoy. And the reason that I say that is because this, if the Giants offense wants to be more vertical and more deep balls, because let's face it, Daniel Jones, despite all of the bad things that he has, he's very good at throwing the ball deep. Very, yes. very good at throwing deep balls. The Giants offense, if it's going to be more deep balls, Mike Lennon is actually really good at that because he also, like Daniel Jones, has a big arm. And he's six foot seven, which is obviously, you know, a thing. But Mike Lennon obviously is not coming here to try to take Daniel Jones's job. If the Giants were serious about making competition for Daniel Jones, they would have gotten somebody else. They right. would have gone, hell, they probably would have gone after Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or maybe they tried to go trade for Marcus Mariota. Maybe they would have gone after a guy that could legitimately come in and take his job. But I think that, you know, with Mike Lennon, it's just, it is what it, like, it is what it is. You know, Colt McCoy's going, I believe he ended up signing with the Cardinals. So good good on him that he got a job. And I am very appreciative of Colt McCoy. I thought he did a pretty bang up job. As a no, he did. quarterback, he did. Um, I'm hoping to God that Mike Glennon never has to come in and start um, because we know that he's not a good starter by any means. Um, right. But, you know, I would say that Mike Glennon probably would have a better weapons than he's had the last. I mean, he was in Jacksonville last year and he's been with the Bears and he's been with right. the Buccaneers and he's never really had the greatest amount of talent. He might have a better shot in New York, but. I'm not saying that Mike Lennon's going to end up taking Daniel Jones' job. (laughs) At least not, you know, at least not by force. At least not by force. Um, But it's okay. It's okay. I still think the Giants should drive the quarterback in the fourth or fifth round. Um, You know, there's some guys there that I like, like Ian Book from Notre Dame. I really Mm -hmm. like. I really think that he could be somebody that you could, you know, have long um, as a long-term type of guy. Takes a little bit longer to develop and, you know, go from there. But We'll see. Um, The biggest move, though, that I liked the most was it has to be Kyle Rudolph. I mean, and for me, it's because for me, it's just mainly because he doesn't drop passes. He's a very reliable tight end. He's a guy that can put up some pretty solid numbers. And look, um, I believe this is the fifth year for um, Evan Ingram. I could be wrong. Um, I think you're right. Fourth or fifth at this point. Um, And look, just like Daniel Jones, I think Evan Ingram is pretty much on his last legs here. I think yep. he has to really improve in many different ways um, in order to keep himself here long term. The Giants may be looking at Kyle Pitts and maybe looking at it like, okay, if he's there, we're going to take him. And that's just that. And I'm sure Evan Ingram knows that as well. Um but if, if they ended up not taking him or whatever reason, then that will tell you a lot as well. But Kyle Rudolph is a good, reliable <laughs> tight end that you can have come in in certain passing situations, especially in the goal line. He's really, really good at the goal line, going up for 50-50 balls. Really, I really like him. Kirk Cousins, you know, made a living throwing the football to Kyle Rudolph over yep. the last two, three seasons. Um, so that's very, that's really good. But I think bottom line, when you look at the Giants offseason, they went out and they had to, they didn't necessarily go out there and fill positional needs, even though basically that's what they did. They went out and got the best player from those positions. Yep. They got Leonard Williams, who was going to be a hot commodity in free and see if he got there. They franchise tagged him so they could work out a deal and they eventually got a deal done, which is great. Right. Kenny Galladay, top wide receiver in the free agent market. Giants did everything, put the full court press on and got him. Adoree Jackson, they wanted to make sure that they could get one of the top quarterbacks to pair up 
on the other side with James Bradbury. Now that we have that, the defense got better. But I do want to point this out. I want to point this out because I don't think it was talked about enough. There's two things, actually. Number one, the Giants have really good recruiters on their team. You got Logan Ryan. You got Jabril Peppers. You got several other guys. They have done a hell of a job convincing these guys to come to New York, convincing them wholeheartedly. Give Daniel Jones some credit as well. He personally called Kenny Galladay and said, I want you here. I think we could do something special here. And Galladay said that that meant a lot. Now, the other thing is this. Let's be honest. A lot of these guys, they chose the Giants as well because they got the most money from the Giants. Galladay got the best contract he could get from the Giants. Same thing with Adoree Jackson. Same thing with Leonard Williams, honestly. And that's just what it is. And, you know, Kyle Rudolph's a little bit different because he had like 12 or 15 different teams that were calling for his services and he chose the Giants. Um, He may have gotten a better deal somewhere else. I don't know. But that's just what it is. But I want to give a lot of credit to Joe Judge as well because both with pretty much all of these guys, particularly Galladay and Dory Jackson, they had to go through the ringers of the Joe Judge test. Do they fit the culture? Are they a type of guy that Joe Judge can depend on and say, I want, you know, he's going to fit our culture. And they passed it with flying colors, and that's and, and now they're here. And that tells you a lot. Joe Judge is changing the culture of the New York Giants, and it's really great to see. What yeah. I was really proud of last year is that in the second half of the season, the Giants just competed. They didn't win, they didn't win all the time, but they competed. And I think now that they're getting more talent, not only could they compete, but they could start winning these games and start really doing some doing some things. And that's really great. But the last thing I want to say is this, and you brought it up, and I'll bring it up as well. Daniel Jones. Yes. I've already given up on Daniel Jones. I don't have any confidence that he will improve, even though he does have better weapons around him because Daniel Jones has already proven the type of quarterback that he is. He is turnover happy. He really, really struggles with that. And unless he makes a drastic turnaround and not only from himself, but the team has to have won something like nine, 10 games. Mm. I just, I don't see how the Giants could keep him long-term. I don't. I would I would imagine then that they would look at, like if the Giants, let's say the Giants go 5-11, and 11, right? Or they go 6-10, and 10, right. right? To me, I just don't see how Daniel Jones can stay. And no. same thing with David no. Gettleman. Like if, I hate if, they, that, if they do that again, both him and Gettleman are out. They got to go. And that's the only reason why Daniel Jones is still here, because David Gettleman is still here. They are, they are aligned at the hip. That's yep. that's that. He, Dave, David Gettleman is banking his entire career as a Giants general manager on Daniel Jones. He is. Yep. That's why he made the moves, and he didn't make these moves out of panic. It wasn't like what Jerry Reese did back in 2016, where he just gave out money willy nilly to the top defensive players in the league. He went out and got guys on quality contracts that will look better once the salary cap goes up when teams are starting to get more money in the new TV yep. deals and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They It will improve. But David Gettleman, Daniel Jones, and you know what? Jason Garrett as well, because he needs to have a better game plan with the talent that now he's yeah. getting. If these guys are not doing it, they got to go. Yep. Because Joe Agreed. Judge is here for the long haul. He's here because he's doing the right thing. And Daniel, and look, for Joe Judge, Daniel Jones was not drafted by Joe Judge. Nope. Jason Garrett was not brought here 
by Joe Judge. That was that was a Mara decision. Mara wanted Jason Garrett, and that was that. I'm sure if Joe Judge had his way, Garrett's not the offensive coordinator. They have probably somebody else. <laughs> yep. But that's just what it is. So we'll see what happens. But I would give the Giants a B-plus for free agency, and I'm really intrigued to see what they do in the draft because we really don't know. It could go a lot different ways, but it's going to be fun nonetheless. It's going to be interesting, and I'm hoping the Giants continue to make good moves that, at the end of the day, just put the Giants in a better position to succeed. Because, look, yep. Philadelphia sucks. The Eagles oh are not going to do oh well. For, forget it. We for, know Philadelphia, that. Philadelphia is not we know doing that. a damn thing this year. The Cowboys are going to be back. You know, Dak is yes. going to be back. We'll see how healthy he is. Zeke's back. They still have – look, they still have a loaded roster. There's no question about it. Yep. And then you have the Washington football team, who have made some good moves as well. They brought in Fitzpatrick, which I really like. Yep. A guy that could probably help them win the division. Honestly, he's going to be the star. And they, and they still got Chase Young, who's been a star. And they got so Chase far. Young on the defensive. They got the defensive side. They, they still have a really good defense. There's no question about it. They got Curtis Samuel, who's going to be a dependent mm. number one wide receiver, along with Terry McLaurin. They have, they have the makings to be really competitive. So I think this is going to be a competitive division. I'm not expecting the Giants. And look, we'll have a different, you know, we'll obviously have a preview well, be, yes. well in September. Yeah, like, well, well, but before the before the season starts, we'll definitely but, do another preview. I mean, to me, I would say that the Giants could certainly be competitive. I'm not going to say they're going to win a division. No. I'm not. I'm not saying that like the Giants have to win a division for Daniel Jones to get them in to keep their job. They have to no. at least try to make the playoffs. I really do think that they have to make the playoffs at this point because the the mediocre to bad football we've seen the last four or five years is just not cutting it and they gotta they gotta do it and if they don't i don't really see a reason to keep them around i i really yep. don't and you got to bring in somebody who's going to listen to the coach and make moves that are necessary to get this team in the better position and get a quarterback in here that is not turnover happy and we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens but daniel jones gotta 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 step up David Gettleman so far has stepped up to the plate. I give him credit in the offseason. He's got to do it again in the draft. Whatever yep. he's whatever he does, he's got to do it. And Jason Garrett, he got to step up to the plate, be more creative. You know, have guys move in motion before, you know, pre-stat motion. Got to do it. You got to do these things. So we'll see. But B plus is what I would give the Giants um, for this offseason so far. No, that's 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 definitely fair. I'm I'm with you on there. But but no, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens come draft time. But I, I think uh, I think Neil and I said it best. If nothing improves for if nothing improves for Daniel Jones, David Gettleman, or Jason Garrett, or all three of them, all three of them, out, out. You are not. You are no longer needed. With you are no longer needed here. Sorry, you're out. So something has to give. Now that you have weapons for your quarterback, who I'm talking to you, David Gettleman. Now that you've got these weapons, who you have solely said, this is our quarterback. He's got to go out there and do something. If he doesn't, not only are you going to have egg on your face, but so is Daniel Jones, and it ain't going to look good for any of you. So we'll see what happens. And on that note, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Bottom Line Podcast. If you have any thoughts on anything we discussed, let us know on Twitter and Instagram, at Bottom Line WMCX, Twitter at the NVP Show, Instagram at NVPQB11, hashtag Bottom line, voice message on the Anchor app or anchor.fm. And as always, if you like what you see on YouTube, drop a like and a comment down below. Helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell 
so you don't miss an episode of subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. Coming up in the next episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, is it good to be fun. Not only are our great friends at First to Eleven coming back on the podcast for a fourth time, unless we're doing something right here, but no, in, in, in all seriousness, we're very, very thankful that they are coming back on next week because they started a new original project known as Concrete Castles. No, First to Eleven is not going anywhere. They still exist. They're still putting out covers every single week. Concrete Castles is just the name of their original band. So all original music will be under the name Concrete Castles. First to Eleven is not going anywhere. Please do not panic about that. But anyway, they'll be coming on with us next week along with our guy, Austin Myers, who will be joining us for the interview to ask a couple of questions. So, Neil, this is going to be a, this is going to be a fun, jam-packed episode next week. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say that they are our biggest um, – fans and supporters i mean they've been on the podcast numerous times and it's exciting to have them come on and talk about new things that are going on and give them an opportunity to uh promote themselves and like always it should be it should be an absolute blast oh yeah it's it's a it's always a blast hanging out with those guys and we're looking forward to it so stay tuned for that next week neil and i will not be alone we will be joined by austin myers for that interview as well so it's going to be fun so let us know what you think on the Jets and Giants free agent moves so far and what you expect from them next. For New Villa Piano, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Peace out.